BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, I'm Whitney Port and this is With Wit. A lot of you may know me from reality TV and the reality is a lot's happened since the hills. With Wit is dedicated to having real, raw, and occasionally ridiculous conversations with the people who have had a profound impact on me. Life-changing moments, life-changing people. Because on With Wit, very little is off limits. Since launching Cozy Code this year, I have learned so much about marketing, direct-to-consumer business, and just general brand building. However, along with all this new knowledge comes a lot more questions. I was so excited to sit down with my guest today, Allie Francis. She is the chief marketing officer for Super Ordinary, a global distribution partner and brand accelerator facilitating sustainable global expansion for amazing brands that I happen to love and am obsessed with, including Way, Olaplex, Drunk Elephant, The Ordinary, Joanna Vargas, Biosance, and more. I mean, you've heard me talk about mostly all of those products, and some of them even have my hero products within their line. So Ali is just an expert in brand building and integrated marketing, and she really specializes in evolving traditional marketing strategies into consumer-centric approaches to drive brand awareness and engagement on a global scale. She walks me through so many wonderful tips and insights for creating a successful marketing campaign. Plus, we chat about our fave products, of course, from Super Ordinary's client list. Here is Allie. Hi, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm so well. I'm so excited to be talking to you today. Thank you for having me. Oh my gosh, my pleasure. I am beyond thrilled to chat with you. First of all, I didn't know that all these amazing brands were run by the same company. I felt so (laughs) like naive. And then I was just so excited to talk to you just because you seem like a marketing Jane of all trades. And I feel like I just want to pick your brain. So thank you so much for being on today. Oh, I'm so flattered. I'm so excited to chat. I've been a fan of you ever since, ever since the Hills. So I've really (laughs) watched and admired your career and everything that you've built. So thank you. I just want to hear all about the beginning of your career journey and actually just really walking me through your entire career journey because 
it's one that I don't really know like the stages of. I feel like I'm very versed in the fashion industry, Mm -hmm. but I don't necessarily know the stages of the beauty industry, especially of marketing. So it would just be awesome to hear how you got into what you do now. Sure. So I started my career um, in fashion. I had always loved fashion, loved getting dressed every day. And so (laughs) kind of, kind of knew that that's or thought, I guess that's what I wanted to do right after college. So I grew up in Detroit and then I I went to school actually for international relations um, at the University of Denver. And I kind of called an audible right before I graduated. I was planning on going to law school and then I just, you know, really had to think about what I wanted to do with my life and what really, you know, motivated me. And, and it, wasn't necessarily law. It was it was fashion um, and and brand. So I moved to New York straight after graduation. I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> I, I figured I had you know nothing to lose and everything to gain. I started interviewing. I remember I went to Teen Vogue. I went to pretty much anywhere where I could <laughs> get an interview. Yeah. Um, and I ended up getting a job at Ralph Lauren, which which was amazing. I felt like Rachel from Friends. It was like kind of <laughs> surreal. <laughs> That's how I felt when I got the job at Time Bomb Furstenberg. And granted, like there was a whole show behind me that was like making things happen. But I was like, what is going on here? Like, is this real life? I know it yeah. was it was surreal. It was just little me going in there and you know, I, I obviously hadn't worked in fashion before. Right. So I was just I just told the woman who was interviewing me, you know, I'm so excited to be here and um I'm a really hard worker and study <laughs> and please hire me. What was um, the position that you were interviewing for? So it was production for um double RL. Okay. Oh my god, my husband's yeah. favorite. Brand. I mean, my yes. husband's favorite everything is Polo Ralph Lauren. We I were talking about it the other day. We were like, what's your all-time favorite, like timeless classic, like woodwear everything brand? And he said Ralph Lauren. That's and, so funny. Yeah. I, that's that would be my choice as well. So yes, I worked in production doing um cost sheets, which <laughs> probably wasn't my strong suit, but you know, it really gave me such an appreciation of every single detail that goes into making a piece of clothing. Yeah. Um, you know, from the threads that you choose to the buttons to the everything. Mm-hmm. So that was that was wonderful experience. Just a really, really beautiful brand to work on. And then after about uh, almost a year doing production, I moved over to product development just before they launched Women's Polo. So that was a little bit different. It was still, you know, working with the production side, but I got a lot more exposure to the designers, which I absolutely love because, you know, they're all just so incredibly talented at what they do. So I did that for, I think, you know, almost another year or so. And I, mm-hmm. I loved working there and I learned so much again, just about brand. And, and I think it was such great experience for me to work at a large corporation you know, there is certainly times where you feel like you get lost in the mix because there, right. there are just so many people and it's such right. a big, a big business. And it was around the time when social media was just starting, you know, to infiltrate the airwaves. And I was really intrigued with how 
brands were leveraging these channels, specifically Instagram, mm-hmm. to, you know, to build community, to, to get their message across in a way that felt so much more personal than, you know, reading a magazine and seeing an ad or even getting an email. It just, you know, you have a direct line of communication with brands on that right. platform. And right. I thought it was so interesting. And um, a friend of mine was working at a digital marketing agency in the city, you know, it was a startup, very, Mm -hmm. very small. And Mm -hmm. (laughs) she, you know, they worked with a host of different brands, mostly the beauty lifestyle, some fashion. And so she asked, you know, would you be interested in in coming over and and working, working at the agency? And I said, sure. So, um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. So it was just like an opportunity. You were just sort of felt maybe stagnant and you were like, yeah, let's just try this. Or was there something specifically that you were like, oh, this is the job that I want? Or did it just sort of happen that way? I think it was a little bit of both. Yeah. I was feeling that sort of like where I'm in New York. It's there's so much creativity and exciting you know, change and evolution going on. Um, and I, I wanted to get involved. And because of when um, Instagram kind of came on the scene, it was, you know, I was the exact target demographic for, right. for that platform. So I had been using it and it didn't seem like rocket science, you know, it just you had to have. <laughs> Sometimes it does to me. I know, I know. I shouldn't even say that. Well, now, I mean, I don't it's gone. Feel... Yeah, it's gone. It's gotten more complicated and it feels like, you know, every month or so there's some sort of new tool you have to use. Yes. But <laughs> yes, yeah, the technology is always changing and it, it is very difficult to keep up. But at first it was, you know, it was a lot. Fairly simple. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You post something, you say something. Right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I thought, you know, this, this could be exciting, you know, to me, what it seemed like I needed going into that job was having an understanding of, you know, who are these brands that I'm, that I'm working on. And, yeah. you know, if they were a person almost like if this was their personal Instagram, what would it look like? So it was kind of fun to really dig into the psyche behind all of these different brands. And, you know, they're all clients. It, w- it was an agency model. so. Right. I felt very involved and invested in the brands. But at the end of the day, you know, you've got, I I think at one point I was looking after 10 at one time posting three times a day. Oh my gosh. And so you were specifically just like handling the brand social media accounts, essentially. Exactly. And were you creating the content as well? Yes. Yes. I've had many a photo shoot on the streets of Soho. Yeah, I'm sure. (laughs) Because, you know, and a lot of it was also pitching pitching brands. So, you know, we would get on calls with, with big brands um, that we all know and love today and, and convince them that Instagram was a really important marketing channel, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is crazy to think about now because it's been, you know, the brands have figured it out. Oh yeah. Really. It's just an obvious, <laughs> like if you're yeah. starting a company, it's like the first thing you do is you get your Instagram handle all sorted. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Now it's like the landing page, you know, if you ask right. someone, have you heard of this brand? I mean, at least for me, I, I just look at the Instagram first. It's just kind of the knee jerk reaction instead of going. And then, you know, you see what it looks like. You see if you want to engage with it, if you like it. Right. And then, you know, maybe you go to the website or so on and so forth. But it, it is really a lot of times that first point of interaction with, with a brand, which is really powerful. Mm-hmm. Very, very. And now a word from one of our brand partners. So I'm really excited to be partnering with Array because 
they were really created to help women feel the best so that they can be their best. And I feel like that's what I'm all about. And through targeted products, which are 100% natural, filler-free, organic, and formulated by a naturopathic doctor, you know that they have done their homework in getting you a great, great product. So their products work in under an hour. So you actually feel the results. They solve the annoying problems that we talk to our girlfriends about. Basically, they have something called the bloat capsules and they are super versatile because they can be taken at any time. So whether you've had a plant-based meal or something heavier like a pizza or pasta, it optimizes digestion with the use of five herbs and a fruit-based digestive enzyme. And it's completely laxative-free. So you're not like running to the bathroom and freaking out. The bloat capsules were designed to give people food freedom so that you can actually enjoy the foods you love without any discomfort, without gas, without bloating after. And yes, it works on men too. I am going to give them to Timmy because this week his stomach actually has been in a spiral. And I'm like, what do I give him? I don't want to just give him a bunch of meds. So I'm excited to hear about Array, and I hope that it's something that you guys check out too. Their products are super chic, and they look so great in your beauty shelf or your bag. For 10% off, go to Array.com, A-R-R-A-E.com, and use the code WITHWIT at checkout. That's Array.com, A-R-R-A-E.com, and use code WITHWIT at checkout for 10% off. And now back to our chat. Okay. So then comes super ordinary and you become (laughs) the chief marketing officer (laughs) there. So like describe for me what that entails. What are some of like the top line roles and like, what does the day-to-day look like as a chief marketing officer? Sure. So every day, every day is different and exciting. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I, you know, I had heard about Super Ordinary just because they, you know, the first thing that we did was really open up the China market for these American and European beauty brands. You know, China is obviously such a massive opportunity, but it's such a difficult market to penetrate if you're not local or if you're not from there. So I really, you know, was just, I, I really liked how they were kind of disrupt the distribution space for beauty brands, you know, that Mm -hmm. traditional just retail model, and then focusing on your online, you know, that's what we had been used to. Okay. You're a brand, you go into a retailer, you have your DTC, your direct to consumer website, and that's kind of it. But then when, you know, I started, I started getting involved with super ordinary and realized, you know, just what they were doing. It was, they were opening, you know, almost like new trade routes for these brands. So really demystifying these global markets. And then, really being an extension of the brands within those markets and helping the brands localize their marketing, do all of the registration, all of that stuff, you know, kind of end to end. See, like when you say this, like the registration, and then there was something else that you just said before that I have no idea what that means. (laughs) I, I didn't either. Yeah. So like basically, basically like layman's term, if I'm trying to can I repeat back what I feel like it's sure, of course. Like it. I mean, I know this is just one aspect, but it's like 
this company obviously was super forward in wanting to open up brands to markets worldwide. Yeah. And you helped like be able to market the products to like each specific market since each specific market requires obviously like a different voice a little bit. Exactly. Right. Right. Yes, you okay. got it. Exactly. Okay. Um, cool. That's so yeah. cool and interesting. Yeah. So it was, you know, it kind of, to me, it, it really felt like I was able to to use the skill set that I had gotten, you know, from working at brands, really understanding brand and marketing. Yeah. And kind of just on a bigger, on a, on a bigger level, a bigger scale, I guess. So that was sort of the first piece of super ordinary was China. So we've kind of become the gatekeeper for these brands to, to go into the, and operate in the China market. So we, you almost have to relaunch the brands in that market, just because again, like everything is different, you know, it's a different language, different consumer, you know, the trends that are happening here may not work there. So it's really understanding that and then communicating to the brands, you know, how will we be successful in this market? And it's oftentimes very different than, you know, the recipe for success in, in the U S of course, of course. So that, that was kind of the first piece of super ordinary. And then about a year ago, we started to think about, okay, how can we expand into the U S and because of our experience in China, we were, you know, very, very knowledgeable of how to operate on different platforms because in China, you've got, you know, so many different e-commerce platforms that brands sell on. So instead of like a, just a direct to consumer website, you know, it's, it's more akin to like an Amazon or a multi-brand store where you can go on and get, you know, your, your face cream, your skincare, a pair of Birkenstocks and your laundry detergent all in one place. Right. Um, (laughs) And this, this was, you know, around the time of the pandemic. And I was, I don't know, I have kind of a bee in my bonnet about Amazon because, you know, that's how we were all getting all of our everything really. Um, and convenience, you know, we couldn't just pop down the street and go to the store, you know, during this whole, however long it's been now. <laughs> right. I mean, still, we've obviously gotten so spoiled with the ease of it that now we rely on, I mean, I rely on it almost just as much, but yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so that was really interesting to me. And, you know, before that platform had kind of been seen as like a, a household goods place, not really a place for luxury beauty or skincare. But I think again, you know, during this past throughout the pandemic, like the way that we consume has, has totally changed and evolved. And I think, you know, this idea that uh, luxury and convenience have to live separately is it just doesn't hold true anymore. Right. So, you know, we were really interested in that and we, you know, had experience with operating brands on these different platforms. You know, we started in China, which was the difficult part. So, we thought, you know, why not? Let's let's see if we can do this on Amazon because we have, yeah. you know, such a great network of brands and it is an important sales channel. And you can, you know, you really can make the experience akin to what it would be on a direct consumer website on Amazon. It's just, you know, you have to have the team that knows all the ins and outs of Amazon and there are a lot of nuances to the platform, but it's very exciting because, you know, Amazon captures more than one third of beauty that's bought online. So that's, that's nothing to sneeze at. And, 
you know, it's not what you think of at first when you're, when you think, okay, where do you buy beauty? It's, it's not yet like the first thing that's top of mind, but as we're seeing, you know, more and more brands are really paying attention to that space and realizing that you need to either protect your presence there because, you know, there are a lot of resellers on Amazon there. It's just, it can be very unregulated. So what super ordinary does on Amazon is we really offer, you know, a whole range of services on Amazon for brands. So it can be as, you know, simple as brand protection, which in effect is, you know, we go, our team goes in there and make sure that there isn't anyone selling your product. That's not you. So there's no resellers. They're not selling it at a higher price or a lower price. It's not expired product. Because there's a lot of that that goes on, which I think is why Amazon has gotten such a bad reputation sometimes. Because, you know, if if that's the case, if you're buying something from a reseller, you know, it's not a great consumer experience. So I totally understand that hesitation from brands. But the good news is that there's something you can do about it. So that's what we do for a lot of our brands that we operate on Amazon is brand protection. So we clean up the seller environment. And we really optimize, you know, the presence on the platform through custom advertising, customized storefronts to really bring that elevated and intuitive brand experience to Amazon for our brand. Wow. Amazing. So you represent the brands in terms of like the, I'm, I'm looking at your website as you're talking to me right now. And I'm looking at obviously all these amazing brands that you help and you're obviously you're not a distribution company you're just a brand partner that helps helps these companies be distributed in other mass places right and then like and then so when you're thinking about marketing campaigns what is like your creative process like obviously you have so many different brands with so many different brand visions do you have any kind of routine like process for yourself when you're going through like, okay, we have this new hero product. What's like the beginning, middle and end of like a marketing campaign, you know? Sure. Yeah. So I think what I try to do when thinking about, for instance, let's just say we're launching a new product. You know, you really have to think 360 and think about all of the different channels that you're messaging on. And how do you tailor that message and that campaign to resonate, you know, because what you say on email is different from what you say on Instagram, which is different, you know, and so on and so forth. But at the same time, you know, it all has to feel cohesive to the consumer. So I think, I think thinking 360 and thinking about all the different touch points that are available to you is kind of a place to start. And then, you know, you go through each and you say, okay, how is this message going to, going to live over here and what are we going to say what are the visuals going to be and and how do we how are we driving you know or where are we driving consumers to purchase right and what do you feel like is the most important like when you're thinking about is it the social media aspect is it the photography like i know, i mean i know everything is so important but it's just like for me i sort of struggle with marketing a little bit so i like want to pick your brain like i think about you know a lot of my experiences kind of old school fashion stuff and like mm-hmm. this is the first time that i'm ever doing direct to consumer where i'm gathering all this data and like i'm able to know what my customer really wants and 
everything is kind of like buy now, wear now. And so when I'm, Mm -hmm. when I have a collection, I'm thinking about the marketing. I always struggle with just like where to start. Like, do I just, do I do like a lifestyle shoot where everything is sort of glossy as well as just like wear it organically and post it? It's, it's just not the part of my brain that I feel like is the strongest, you know, like I'm more of the, I, I want to design the pieces, but I, mm-hmm. I'm not like organized when it comes to like the, the full campaign. So if and you have any tips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a, it's a lot to think about. Yeah. A lot. It's constantly evolving. You know, yeah. there, like every, every time you look, there's another place where you can be, you know, interacting with consumers. So I think, I think a good place to start is always your audience, right? Yeah, like, cause yeah. if you're, if you're trying to convey a message, you know, who are you trying to, who are you speaking to and what are they going to, you know, what's going to resonate with them? So I think that's always a good place to start. And then, you know, what do you want to say about this product? Like what makes this product special and, you know, why, why did you bring it to the world? And so kind of just like brass tacks, okay. Audience product education and then how do we amplify that and create something that's exciting and that people you know want to spend interact with because it's just so crowded you know as all these channels are just so crowded and so I think really understanding you know how to speak and what to show on these different channels is is kind of the key so you know, okay. So if it's, if it's an email, usually emails are used mostly for conversion, right? Right. Exactly. Being out directly to a website. So those will be a bit more product focused and and educational, usually in skincare educational, but, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. and I think, you know, I think strong imagery is always, I content is, is always King. So, you know, having a very strong visual that's, that's, you know, feels core to you as a brand is, is important and making sure that your brand codes are, are integrated, you know, in all these different sort of pieces of content that you're pushing out is super important. But yeah, thinking about the audience, thinking about the purpose of this channel. So email conversion, Instagram's a little bit different, you know, that's a little bit more lifestyle. You know, you're not showing on Instagram typically what you'd show on your product page on a website, you know, right, right. that's very like, okay, here's the product against a white background here's all the information you need to know about it. And that's obviously extremely important to have available. But if you're, you know, you're not going to put that same level of, of education or, or just detail, detail right, right, right. Because it's just overwhelming to the consumer. I know that's what I always try to ask myself. Like what, what are the pieces of content that actually get me to convert? But then like, yeah, I sometimes I'm like, but I don't want to always just like think, be thinking about stuff like that. Like I want to just be the creative and like not so focused on the data and really like, you know, I don't want to stunt my creativity. So it's always a balance, right? Exactly. It's always a balance. And I think, you know, there are, there are spaces where we can be super creative and that is, that is what works on those spaces and on the platforms. And then there are places where you need to be a little bit more, I guess, to the point. But I think that's, you know, that's kind of the magic of marketing is that, you know, you're really just trying to, to connect a product and, and an audience. And there are mm-hmm. so many different ways to do it. So it's, mm-hmm. I think that's where we can all get very overwhelmed. But if you just think about, you know, okay, where is my consumer? Where are they spending their time? Mm-hmm. And then how, you know, how are we interacting with them there? And just, you know, pick, 
pick two platforms, you know, to right. start or two That's a good idea. Uh-huh. and just focus. Okay. I'm just going to focus on Instagram and my website. Now. And then, yeah. you know, you see what works, you test and you learn. And the great thing about social media, I think too, is, you know, especially with TikTok, which I'm not at all well versed in. Um, yeah, well, that's what I was. I was just going to ask, like, how important you thought that was, because I've committed to myself to like never go on it. Like, me I, too. yeah, okay, good. I, I mean, that, but I, I know, I, I know, I know, and like, I feel like for my brand, it's possibly important. But like, what were you just going to say about it? I want to know your thoughts. <laughs> similar. I mean, you know, it's kind of, it reminds me of when Instagram was just on the scene. It was sort of felt like this lawless like place and, and, you know, brands always figure it out, you know, but I think from what I understand, because again, I am embarrassed that I don't have a TikTok yet, but I'm going to have to get one because it's coming up in all of these marketing strategies as as it should, you know, where that's where Gen Z is spending their time. From what I understand, TikTok is really a place to entertain. Yeah. So, you know, there it, it's 15 second videos of just entertaining and the music is very, very important. And, right. you know, it, it's sort of like all of these micro trends right. in the form of content that you have to capitalize on and catch. So I think, I think that it's still sort of early days for brands to, to understand how to operate on there because it's actually set up so that brands don't treat it like they do Instagram in a way. It's really just, you know, not, it's not supposed to be like a sales channel. It's just. Right. It's supposed to be like pure entertainment. Exactly. Yeah. They don't want it to get commercial. I get that. Yeah. I feel like for me, it's not necessarily where my customer is. And I'm also thinking about like, sometimes I feel like I get spread too thin and then everything sort of suffers from it, especially because social media has become something that I've had to like work out like a muscle being 36 years old. I didn't have it as a teenager. It didn't really come naturally to me. So like, I feel like my advice probably is like, like what you would be to other people would be like what you said, like stick to a couple things that you feel like you can do really good at. And obviously then for you who has like a huge team and larger business and like brands that have to be on TikTok, like you, you hire the people to like figure that out. Yeah. And like you have, those are some of the things that you have to delegate, which is okay. Like, don't you realize that there's it's okay to be, to delegate. I've like sort of, I, it's hard. Sometimes I like feel insecure because I can't do things, but then I'm like, no, it's okay. You're not supposed to know how to do everything. Like that's why companies are made up of a a lot of important people. Exactly. (laughs) I need to pick your brain about the brands and like some of your go-to beauty products from each of them, because I, I love all of them, but I want to know for you as someone that works so close with them. I just want to hear if like, there's anything that I don't know, know about. So like any, just off the top of your head, like what are some of your faves, skincare, makeup, whatever it is. Sure. There's so many. Okay. Um, <laughs> So we, we just invested in a new brand that I'm very excited about. It's called Good Light. It's a skincare brand and their whole message and mission is beauty beyond the binary. So I was, when we were meeting with them, I was so inspired by David, the founder and his story, because, you know, he growing up, didn't really identify with, you know, male or female. And he, when he was walking down the aisles of, of any beauty store, he just, he felt like there wasn't something in there for him, right? Like 
something's very pink and very feminine or something, you know, shaving cream for men is blue and black. And he just really saw this opportunity to create, to create product that was, you know, just so much more inclusive than, than what was currently out there and almost yeah. carving out like a new category and empowering people to, to really feel seen, you know, when they walk through these stores. So I was really inspired by David and he'd worked in media for a long time. So he had such a rich knowledge of, of the beauty industry, of products. He was an editor. So he really had a great understanding of formulations and, and skincare and this ingredient, you know, what's good for this, what's good for that. And so he started this brand at launch in March and it was one of the first brands that Super Ordinary had invested in. And it's just been so rewarding to, to be able to be on this journey with them. You know, we talk to them every week. We, you know, just, we help advise them on sort of their, their strategy for everything, you know, from obviously our goal when, when Super Ordinary, when we invest in brands, our goal is to sort of incubate them so that, um, and prepare them for a global sort of global presence. So once we like this brand is ready, we'll launch it in China. We'll launch it on Amazon. So we'll sort of put, you know, put these investment brands through the global flywheel and scale them that way. But it's just, it's, it's so cool to be involved, you know, kind of from the jump and because uh, you don't have to really work backwards, right? We know what works in China. We know what's working in, in all of these different global markets. So we're able to then tell our, our portfolio brands like, okay, well, this is, you know, we need to be developing into this or, right. and so just having those, you know, making those considerations early on and then just being ready to, when you are ready to go into these larger markets and expand globally you don't have to, you know, do a bunch of extra work, so to speak. Right, right. That makes sense. Amazing. So Bud okay. Light, I love the milk. Yes, pizza. gotta the check milk, them out. Yes, Augustina's butter, the cream. Have you tried that? Yes, of course. I, I love it. Love, yeah. love, love it. And the body cream. It's so good. The so body cream. rich and so good. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah, it's just like such a ritual putting it on. It just mm-hmm. feels so, so yes, those, I mean... I think they're some of the nicest products right now. I will always love Supergoop for my sunscreen. I yes. love the, the sunscreen primer. It's one of my favorites. Uh, yes. It's a mineral sunscreen. I love the CC screen also. I've, I used that um, well before I worked at the brand and I, I still, I can't find one that I like better. So um, that's amazing. That's a tried and true. Joanna Vargas is another skincare brand that that we have that we're working with, that, which we're super excited about. Um, I love Joanna Vargas. I yes. used to when I lived in New York, I used to get facials there at her spa in New York, and then her masks are so good. So like good. her sheet masks are great. Yes. Yeah. So I I feel like I've never masked more in my life because they're all so great. Yeah. And it's yeah. just you know when you're getting ready in the morning, it's just such a nice a nice thing to do for yourself. So I yeah I love her mask. I love the vitamin C face wash. Ooh, um, okay, good to know. Really nice, especially in the morning. Amazing. Okay, these are so yeah. good. I also, I mean, I'm looking at your brands right now. I, some of my call outs are, well, the, the new way collab with, um, by Rado. Yeah, by Rado. Yes. The new, like, leave in conditioner, um, smells so good. And I, I put it in Sunny's hair. And so then when I cuddle him, I smell it and it smells oh. so good. <laughs> And then the, I, I have the Olaplex shampoo and conditioner yes. in my shower right now. Me too. 
And then obviously Biosance, the vitamin C and rose oil is yes. just like, that's what I use. I, I mix a little bit of that with my moisturizer and then I put like my CC cream or sunscreen on over it. It's such a great product. So good. So good. Thank you so much for taking all the time to chat with me. I really like love everything that your company's about. And I think it's so cool what you're doing to help all these awesome products, like reach as many people as possible. So thank, thank you, you so Whitney. much for coming on. Such an honor to, to be on your podcast and to meet you and such a fun conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you loved this episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. I'd love to hear what you think and anything more or even less you'd want to hear about. Tune in every Tuesday for a new episode. If you want to know more about what I'm up to, you can find me on Instagram at Whitney Eve Port, my website, WhitneyPort.com, and my YouTube channel, Whitney Port. Peace in the streets.